Good morning, friends. As, uh, we're excited about the mask thing. I'm, I'm actually more excited about this plexiglass thing being removed. I, feel, I always saw like a glare, and you probably did too, and uh, we, we decided we could, we could rid ourselves of, of that. So thanks be to God for that. Happy Pentecost to you. Uh, this is a wonderful day where we celebrate the gift of God's Spirit giving life to the church. Uh, we heard half of the Pentecost story in our first reading that, that Faith read first just a minute ago, and kudos to her with all those big, big names, and uh, I'm always praying diligently for our liturgist uh, during that reading every year. Uh, but now we turn to the second half of the story, which is largely a sermon from Peter as he addresses the crowd and it helps them make sense of what this gift of God's Spirit means. Friends, I invite you to listen with open hearts and minds as we encounter God's Word together from the second chapter of Acts, beginning with the 14th verse. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk as you suppose, for it's only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams, even upon my slaves, both men and women. In those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I'll show portents in the heaven above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. They were all together in one place. The story of Pentecost that we hear each year as a church always begins with these words. They were all together in one place. And in the latter days of this pandemic, they certainly bear a weight of significance to them, don't they? Last year, uh, standing here in this, this pulpit, I remember dreading having to say these words to you to an empty sanctuary while uh, recording myself on my little iPhone here. Today, we are so glad to be gathered. It's so great to see uh, many of you, some for the first time in this space in, in well over a year. Yet, at the same time, we also know that we're not all together that we're not all together in the same way. Some of us are worshiping inside. Later, some of us will be worshiping outside. Uh, many of us are worshiping online. Some of us are vaccinated, some not. In turn, some are masked and some not. And so we are gathered, but we also know that we're still gathered with a little asterisk by it. They were all together in one place. As I said, that's how Luke begins his story of Pentecost. 
Jews from all over had gathered in Jerusalem, David's holy city, for the festival of weeks, a harvest festival in the spring. It was the occasion where they remembered uh, Moses receiving the law on Mount Sinai. They retold that story. Pentecost, which means 50, was the pinnacle, the, the culmination of this festival, as it marks 50 days after the Passover. When all of a sudden, as they're gathered, something out of this world happens. Divided tongues as of fire descend upon those gathered, and they're filled with the Holy Spirit. They start speaking in other languages. The long list of people that uh, Luke goes through, and Faith said so eloquently, uh, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and so on, shows us a couple of things. One, that each of these folks spoke different languages, giving way to the perplexing and exciting moment when these folks from all over, speaking different languages, were suddenly able to understand each other. It's an image that reverses the Tower of Babel in, in Genesis. Now, people from different places, their languages wouldn't be confused. They would understand each other. But there's another thing Luke seems to be showing us with this long list of people from different places that I think is even more significant. It's an image of a reunited Israel. They're all gathered together in Jerusalem for this harvest festival of Pentecost. This, you see, was a time of diaspora for the Jewish people. Dispersed throughout the known world, many of those places named in, in Luke's laundry list here during the Roman Empire. But now, for a moment at least, they've been regathered. And not just that, they can understand each other. Several years ago, the smartphone operating system Android created an ad uh, campaign that even a devoted iPhone user like myself couldn't help but love. Unlike iPhones where there's really just a couple of phone options, this campaign sought to show the breadth, the multitude of phone options as the Android uh, interface's biggest strength. Tech folks, please forgive me. This is not my, not my forte. But the tagline of this campaign is what really got me. It said, be together, not the same. This is the message of Pentecost for us today, friends. If you notice, these folks from all these different places who spoke different languages were gathered together. The Spirit shows up and suddenly they can understand one another. But pay close attention. They're not speaking the same language. Each of them are still speaking their native tongue. What's changed is not their language, but rather the ability to understand one another. Like the tagline of the commercial, they were together, not the same. Their differences remain and in fact are even highlighted in this moment, this this unseen, this unprecedented moment of understanding, and it's a powerful message for us today. But it speaks, I think, to the deep divisions that exist in our community today. Divisions over ideology, our struggle and reckoning for racial justice, divergent opinions on the pandemic, the story of Pentecost were people from different cultures, languages, and backgrounds coming together and by God's Spirit under, 
understand one another gives us hope and perhaps even a roadmap for unity, peace, and reconciliation. It beckons us as followers of Jesus who seek the guidance of God's Spirit to find ways to acknowledge, understand, and even celebrate our differences simply in the pursuit of togetherness. If you recall from last week, before Jesus ascended into heaven, his apostles asked, Is this the time when the kingdom will be restored to Israel? In other words, is this the time when you're going to bring us back to the good old days of King David and Solomon? When there was peace, unity, and prosperity? To put it another way, they're asking, can things get back to normal? While the people of Israel are regathered, it becomes clear that this is not the dream and hope of return to the glory days, and certainly not back to normal. Rome is still in charge. In fact, when Luke writes, the situation's even worse than it was for the early apostles uh, after Jesus' resurrection. Rome has now leveled the city of Jerusalem. And as a result, the people are scattered even farther from one another. I'm guessing Luke and his community, as he writes this, are realizing that there is no way to go back to normal after this. As we are hopefully in the final days of this pandemic, we all share this sense of a desire to, you know, get things back to normal, right? Mental health experts are always quick to say that after experiencing a grief or a trauma, there's no such thing as going back to normal. Instead, what they advocate is for finding a new normal. Friends, we have certainly shared loss and trauma in this time. So while we hope for a return to normal activities and ways of life, deep down I think we all know that normalcy will have a new meaning for us. To return to our lesson, the mood changes quickly as Peter addresses the confused and perplexed crowd. He tells them that this is the work of God's Spirit, and not just that, this was foretold long, long ago by the Old Testament prophet Joel. That in the last days, God's Spirit will be poured out on all, the rich and poor, the young and old, slaves and free. Peter borrows from Joel's prophecy because it declares what the presence of God's Spirit means for the world. As God's ever presence with us, that God's Spirit is giving birth to the church here and now at Pentecost. Well, my favorite part of Joel's prophecy is when he says that your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. I love this line for so many reasons, but most of all because it marks a great reversal. In our culture and worldview, we, we tend to leave dreaming to the young, don't we? We teach our, our young uh, folks to have dreams and aspirations. We ask them what they want to be when they grow up. While visions and wisdom is something we, we let our older folks take care of. We leave that to our elders. We look to them for wisdom and advice when we face a challenge. 
the dramatic entry of God's Spirit poured out on all means that now even the young will have visions, but the old will also dream. Our young now have vision to share with us, and our old can help hope for a better world. God's Spirit has shown up in this early community and showed this early community that it isn't back to normal or return to the glory days or business as usual, but rather the Spirit has shown up is at work doing something new and different. It's a reminder that when God's Spirit shows up, anything is possible. People who are divided are brought together and can understand each other. Our young have visions, our old dream. In Christ, we trust that God's Spirit is alive and at work and present in each of us. We can trust that God's Spirit is at work right now, and as we prepare in just a moment to welcome our confirmands forward to uh, celebrate their faith and God's Spirit at work in them, that the Spirit is leading them to uh, bring about a better tomorrow for the church and the world. We can trust that God's Spirit is at work in each of us, helping us to see that new normal and respond and bring it about together with God's help. Friends, God's Spirit is always at work within and among us, breaking down the walls that divide and keep us from understanding and being in relationship with God and one another. The big question for us to consider this Pentecost, then, is do we dare to dream and vision? Do we dare to step faithfully into this new normal that God's Spirit is leading us towards? Friends, may we do so. As we go out empowered by God's Spirit, may we seek to see, honor, and understand one another just as God has made each of us in God's own image and called us beloved. Amen.